Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome. This is week number... 33. 30, 33? Yeah. This is the Larry Bird episode. Oh, is it Larry Bird? I was going to go with the uh, uh, Bam Morris. Larry Legend. Uh, I doubt that anybody who listens knows who Bam Morris is. Are you kidding me? We're from Pittsburgh. I don't know who that is. If you don't know who that, know is, who that is, then you're sad. I... I know a lot about sports. I watch a lot of sports, and I don't know who that is. So Running back from the shitty 90s teams, bro. <laughs> that was Kyle's even... guy. Anyway, uh, let's go with Larry Bird. I like Larry Bird better. He's more, I would say, probably more recognizable. And that's <laughs> yeah, because only he's slightly. a top 10 NBA player of all time. <laughs> um, big white guy who had... All kind of handles. Anyway, uh, it's it's a uh, small crowd here tonight. Uh, it takes two to tango, so it's just me and Nick, and we're gonna we're gonna shoot from the hip here. As I said at the beginning, if Nick didn't cut that, yeah. Um, so we have we have a little bit of wrapping up to do from this past week. Um. I will talk a little bit about my experiences getting a ton of beer to Pittsburgh. Uh, then we'll talk a little bit about our uh, first annual Thanksgiving, which I thought went over pretty well. Yeah, yeah, there was a uh, lot then, of uh, great beer shared in both directions. I think. Yeah, and it wasn't like it, it wasn't like anybody got really like too sloshed. I mean, Alex, I guess probably did. After we left, and he was pretty intoxicated while we were there, but um, yeah, we had a good uh, we had a good week, and uh, let's just uh, let's dive right in. Uh, so I made the trip back to Pittsburgh in my 2002 Ford Taurus on Tuesday afternoon. Uh, I stopped at the one, the only Treehouse Brewing Company. I mentioned last week that Woo! I stopped in Trillium. William, and then I, I stopped at night shift. So that's that's actually a good that'll be a good uh, starting point. So I went to night shift on a Monday night. They're open seven days a week, I believe. And there were some weird characters there, just some some overall weirdos, some guys who were hanging around the bar and like talking to the bartenders. One of them was female, and it was just it was very uncomfortable for me because the guy was standing like right next to me. He actually, in retrospect, he might have actually known the bartender because they were talking a lot. Oh, okay. No, no, I don't know. I don't know that anybody that listens to this podcast has ever been to Night Shift, but it's a very open no. place. Like, it's massive, and it's this big. It's basically just a big warehouse, and they have a ton of space. A ton of seating, but then also just a ton of like random open space. So I thought that it was weird because it was pretty much empty. I thought it was weird that the guy chose to stand right next to me. And I was at the far corner of the bar. So he's standing up like two feet away from me the whole time that I'm sitting there. So I went there because I wanted to have a, a decent variety of stuff to bring home. And I didn't get a chance to go to some of my other favorite places like Aeronaut and Lamplighter in Boston on my way back. So I went there and uh, our cousin Eddie, who we need to get on the podcast at some point, 
asked him if he he wanted any uh, any beer or anything. So he he ordered three four packs. I was I was planning on going in getting two four packs and whatever else he wanted, and like I was gonna call it at that. Yeah. So I'm talking to the bartender and I'm like, yeah. So give me. So I ended up getting an extra four pack uh, of something. I can't remember. I got a, I got a pretty good variety. I got like they have a bunch of different styles, which I sort of like. I think I've mentioned before that I'm not the biggest Night Shift fan. A lot of the stuff that they have in distribution I've had and wasn't necessarily thrilled with, but the stuff that they have at the brewery that isn't out in distribution all the time is very good. They do... They do some like one-off stuff. I think that they can the majority of the stuff that they do because they have. They must have had God. I'd have to look at the list, but maybe like twenty beers and cans. Yeah, it seems like that's a regular so thing for them too. Yeah, and they're they're a big operation. But anyway, so I, I walk in there and I'm like, yeah, let me get. You know, I got two mixed four packs. I got the three four packs that Eddie wanted. I got an extra one because I was like, yeah, hell with it. I'm already here. Like I might as well. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, if you actually get uh, another four-pack, like, you get the case discount or the, you know, whatever discount it was. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Go for it. Throw another four-pack in there. $130 later, I'm walking out of there with, like, eight four-packs of beer. <laughs> um, so at Which... this point, I had started the week with a, a small styrofoam cooler. And I had purchased a cooler when you guys were out here to the treehouse with that was, it's pretty decent. It's a standard cooler. It's not like a Yeti that's massive or anything like that. I would never do that. I would never pay $500 for a cooler because I'm not into camping or anything. I know. Right. You're never going to be like without your fridge for three days or something. Right, Kat, if she's if she's going to listen to this or is listening to this, is probably going to roast me for that because I'm not crazy about camping, but she loves hiking and, and outdoorsy stuff like that. Um, but I guess with um, my future, which is very much up in the air at this point, not up in the air, actually, it's pretty solidified, uh, I might have to get into camping because I, uh, I'm not going to announce it on this podcast, but there are some moves that I've been making that are going to lead me to... Other parts of the world, let's say. So anyway, uh, I started with those two coolers, and it wasn't nearly enough because, I, or I knew that it wasn't going to be nearly enough because I walked out with thirty-two cans from Night Shift. I had eighteen cans and a bottle from Trillium that I had gotten the night before, and I was like, "Fuck, I'm going to need to buy another cooler." So basically, did the same thing that we did when you guys were out there. Drove to Walmart which is about five miles away from Treehouse, on Tuesday. So Tuesday I leave work at like 1, 1.30, trying to beat some traffic and, and get out a little bit early because the drive back to Pittsburgh is about... It's, it's 10 hours if you're making good time. I actually made it in nine and a half yesterday coming back, but there was absolutely no traffic. So I stop, I get the cooler. I, I think it was like a $10 cooler, which I thought was a pretty good deal. That's a nice cooler too. I think I left it at your house, so feel free to use that, and I'll I'll get it back at some point or not, actually, because I don't really care about it. It's ten dollars. So anyway, go to Treehouse, uh, and Treehouse. If you've never been there, uh, 
to anybody listening, it's another massive place. It's they built this building from scratch, I'm pretty sure, and it's enormous. Um, I don't know, Nick. Did you go to like the far end when you guys were there? Yeah, because you you were in line right for drafts, and that sort of wrapped around by near the bathrooms. Yeah, yeah. And you can see you can see down into the production facility. From oh yeah, it's absolutely there. insane how big that place is. And they're doing an expansion right now as well, which I'm pretty stoked for uh, getting out there. Hopefully in the next like couple of years after that's all finished up. But they had, so I, I walk in and, and the line wasn't really that long. It was pretty much the length that we had when we got there a few weeks ago. So it was, it was maybe 70 people deep outside. And normally when they do cans, they sell them right up front in the tap room portion where they are actually pouring beers. Yeah. So I was like, oh, man, this is going to be a piece of cake, right? It's like 2.30 when I get there. I'm like, I'll be out by 3. So I'm standing in line. I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. I'm just chilling, picking out what I – and they had, a, they had a really good selection. Um, Treehouse, it really depends on when you go. If yeah. you get lucky, they'll have a specialty that they don't do that often. And I got lucky with uh, Alter Ego with three A's and three R's. Uh, they also had Bright with Citra, Triple Bright with Citra, uh, that kicked while I was in line. I wasn't actually planning on getting any of that. But they had a ton of their standards. They had Green, they had Julius, which I brought home, uh, a Doppelganger. Um, there's some, some of their other stuff I haven't had an opportunity to get, but it's just it's kind of a hike at this point from where I'm living. And I can't. I can't imagine that I'll be out there that frequently. But so I'm waiting in line anyway. The whole point of me telling this this long-winded portion of the story is I get inside to where they normally sell cans, and they're not selling cans there. So the line actually wraps around the building, goes about 150 feet down this long stretch by the bathrooms and down by where they actually do the canning. So I'm in line for just about 45 minutes Oof. waiting to get these cans. And I'm, I'm pretty pissed off. Not really pissed off, but just kind of like, this is really dumb. But it's worth it, honestly. If, if the line, if the wait for cans is less than like an hour, it's worth it. Yeah, I mean, even... And especially if you drive out there, there's no, there's not really a great location that you would stay in Massachusetts that is easily accessible or that makes Treehouse easily accessible. Because if you're going to Boston, it's not really that close. It's like an hour and 15 minutes from my apartment. But obviously on the way home, it's, it's pretty close to I-90, which is the main highway that leads uh, out west that I took to get home. So I, it was like, I can't really pass this up. And I wanted to get some, some beers to bring back for everybody. So anyway, I bought a new cooler, uh, and I have, at this point... 93 beers in my car heading back to Pittsburgh, which... Give me exactly 100 beers. <laughs> it, I, it, I probably should have gotten to that point and nearly did. Looking back, I should have gotten more Treehouse, but it's so tough because I don't want to buy too much where it sits around for too long because 
it really is meant to be drank fresh, and I've seen firsthand how they don't really age well. You know, they they have, they bottle some stuff, but they don't. They Wait, don't they do, do bottle often. stuff. I didn't know. Yeah, that. they have some bottled stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but even even that stuff, I'm not sure how long I'd really want to keep it around. And it's just so good that you're not like. It's not going to last very long, right? I mean, you guys will probably run through that treehouse in the next like week or two before I'm able to get back. And and if I do, if I am lucky enough to be able to drive back again for Christmas, which is probably what I'll plan on doing, um, I'll try to grab some more. But anyway, that was my trek back to Pittsburgh. Ninety three beers later, and. <laughs> We are very uh, appreciative, really Jake. I think it, it set, set us up pretty well for Thanksgiving. Yes. Um, so let's get into that a little bit. Uh, you, first of all, your thoughts on the beers that we had. Any favorites? Do you want to um, Do you want to send me that picture so I can kind of take a look at what we had, too? Um, the picture of... All the beers. Yeah. So, I can do that. My, I don't know um, if I really took a great one where you can see everything. Yeah, you did. Didn't you on the I'll table? What... Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did and I, and did then I you didn't post it to yeah, Instagram? <laughs> yeah, there we go. Oh, yeah, I completely forgot. Well, throw it up tonight if you're feeling like... Um, I got to say, I mean, green is always a standout. And this time was no different um still one of my favorite beers of all time um i really just it's so well-rounded and there's like there's nothing like outrageously stand out about it like it's not like oh they put you know uh, pomegranates in it or something like no it's just a really straightforward kick-ass ipa like i feel like green is the quintessential new england ipa like it's hazy as hell it's pale it's seven and a half percent it's delightful and really it's just uh overall one of my favorite defining ipas right it's like it's like if and when and I'm pretty sure they have already put it in the BJCP. Uh, the I don't actually know what that stands for. It's been a while since I knew that. But yeah. that that is like exactly what I describe. If if I had to describe like what my ideal beer is, looks like, tastes like, that's pretty much what I would describe. And it's so I think it's fresh. even better than Julius. I think Julius was like one of their first. Maybe their first ever beer, but I, I almost like green a little bit better. And then, and then very green, which I had the chance to have about two months ago, was just bonkers for a double IPA. I mean, they pretty much everything they make just tastes like juice, and it's it's you know, and they're one of the places that I don't think that they ever need to go into making a, a West coast style IPA because they will always be known for their, their new England styles. 
Well, so there I think you're wrong. Um, I really think that you should expand out into whatever is exciting about beer if you make it that well. You know what I mean? Like if it's that good of a beer, you need to make whatever style they come up with or whatever they feel like they they could do really well with. You know? I think that they can just they can keep pushing the issue with what they're doing Fuck. when it comes to hazy IPAs. Like I think that they can really do no wrong, which I guess is sort of making your point for you that, I mean, they could pretty much make any style of beer and I'm sure they would be pretty damn close to the best of that style that I've ever had. Um, they, they do some of those series where they sort of mix it up a little bit and, and, pick some different styles and they do stouts and they do porters and all that kind of stuff. And everything that we had when we went there and pretty much everything I've ever had from them, period, I've been like over the moon about, but I think of the beers that I brought home, definitely of the treehouse beers and, and probably overall was, uh, alter ego, the, the, Triple A, Triple R, Alter Ego. Oh, man. I had one of those just, tonight. Just a fantastic beer. And I actually think that I like Alter Ego maybe a little bit better than Green. That might be my favorite. Just plain old standard Alter Ego from Treehouse might be my favorite beer. Yeah. Fantastic. I had one of those with dinner tonight, the Triple A, Triple R. And it was just... It's got so much flavor for just a standard IPA. Like it's not, it's not. It's just... really crazy what they can do with it, and and not, it, nothing about any of the beers that they make makes you think that they're any higher than like five percent alcohol, right? And yet, and yet they're putting out eight to ten percent sometimes. Um. Yeah. I mean, the, the biggest thing for me is just that it's so far away that it's kind of tough for me to justify driving out there all the time, but it's, it's very well worth it. If, if you're listening to this and you ever get a chance to come to new England for any reason, if, if at all possible, especially if you're driving from, you know, I guess a little bit closer to like the Midwest or like from the South a little bit, that's the place you got to go. If you like beer, that is like probably the Mecca on the East coast. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had a lot of different beers from from New England and like even like further south. Because I, I I got lucky when I lived in uh, Lidditz that it's it's close enough to other major cities where they get a lot of distribution from, you know, Washington D.C. and and Maryland and. That's really what sort of put me on to craft beer was getting a bunch of stuff from all those different places. But I, I have yet to find a beer that I liked more than anything that I've had at Treehouse. And I would say that my favorite beers at Treehouse go like three, four deep before I would even pick anything else. See now, Except for maybe, maybe the, some of the stuff from Trillium that I've had. You know, they're, they're both heavyweights and it's crazy that they're so close together. And when they open up that that farm brewery, Trillium does. They're going to be even closer because that's 
I would say, I mean, I don't know where the exact location is, but that'll be that'll be much closer to Treehouse than than where they currently are. Yeah, so anyway, that's another that was, crazy thing is how how much Trillium is expanding to. I mean, they're just capitalizing on really kicking ass right now, but they're um, that faded farmer that we had. The what was it, Black Current? Or no, that was the. Peach. Nectarine. Nectarine, that's right. That's what it was. Oh my god. That, it was I think so... that that was probably that might have been my second favorite beer from the ones that we had. It was And we'll put the we'll put up the picture so you guys can see what we're talking about when we're drinking some of these beers, but that was just so good and that's that's a fruit that no, like no one uses. Like right. I've never seen a beer with nectarine in it. And that's what I love about those guys is that they're not afraid to really use anything, do combinations of fruits and flavors and all kind of different stuff. And it almost always turns out well. Yeah. And they're like the way that they attack those types of beers is just totally like reckless abandon. Like they don't care. They're just going to try a bunch of different stuff and see what sticks. And most of it sticks, you know, I feel like their sour series is one of the more intricate ones, like the faded farmer specifically, but like even, well, you were, you had, you had talked about like the permutation series with like the, um, the different styles and like the, they, they did a few that were all the same base, but different fruits added or different. Like, I don't remember. They do the seesaws. They do. Yeah. Oh, seesaws. A bunch of different sours. And all of those are, are, from what I've had, pretty solid as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I just think that it's it's cool to have, and then yeah, and then we sort of compared it with a couple of, of beers from Pittsburgh and stuff, and like, I think moving forward, maybe into like next year, if we have the opportunity to start pulling in some beers from different breweries like maybe down south or in the like midwest or even like the west coast that would be interesting to sort of see because everybody has a different take on it right and that's we've we've talked about it before that it's such a regional thing yes yeah i mean Um, really like you know there's obviously the the like dichotomy between like the west coast ipas and the northeast IPAs and and whatever or New England whatever, but even so, it's 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 cool to see it, different takes on those styles, right? And there are a lot of breweries that do so many different things that you know we we could find eight different IPAs from all over the country, and none of them would taste anywhere near the same. Right. And everybody sort of has those standards now, I guess, right? That's that's sort of what people default to are those those more well-known styles and like, you know, I, the craft beer industry gets like ragged on a lot for like, "Ooh, let me get like a let me get your your best hazy IPA like and I'm, you know, a big All right, well Nick is gone, so I'm just going to continue my monologue about <laughs> People no, shitting on the craft beer I just industry. closed the door so the dog would stop 
hounding me. No, I mean, I just think that, like, when you say IPA, you, like, either immediately turn somebody on or turn somebody off. I think there's a level of, like, uh, like pumpkin spice latte to it now, which kind of sucks. You know what I mean? Like, it's, oh, it's, oh, you're such a basic white boy if you drink IPAs and you have a beard. Like, it's just. Yeah, but I, I. And I think it almost goes for, like, anything that's, like, craft beer related. Like, there's that this whole group of people who are like, oh, you drink craft beer? You, like, think you're better than me because I drink Miller Lite? Like, no, I drink Miller Lite, too. Right. It doesn't matter. I don't give a shit about what you drink as long as you're not forcing me to drink something that I don't want. Like. <laughs> yeah, and that's that goes back to sort of last week's discussion about all of that kind of stuff where – Drink what you like, you know, and and I'm. You can always find something that you that you like, and the styles that we like are made by pretty much everybody at this point, and they're all pretty good. I've had some bad ones. I've had some less than stellar IPAs, hazy IPAs, but there are definitely places that are worth going out of your way for. I guess is is my whole point. But um, so if if you had to give a top three, let's say, of the beers that I included in that picture, or just the beers that you had had from the stuff that I brought home, uh, what would your top three be? All right. And so- a lot of these beers are the ones that we've had, like, are available. It's not like they're one offs all the time. Yeah. You know, you're probably not going to find Faded Farmer or Nectarine, but they have a faded farmer pretty much every week or every other week at Trillium. So if you're ever in Boston, like pick one of those bottles up. It's it, it's a good investment. It's a good sixteen dollar investment. It's better. It's better than like any wine that I've had recently. And it's the same price. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, one thing that I like about Trillium too is they do that like uh, the cellar Sunday cellar dive or whatever they call it. And so you might get something really random and one off, or you might get, you know, a faded farmer from six months ago or something like that, where it's really like just kind of taking the edge off and makes it a a different tasting than what you had before. Um, I would say, so my top three, this is going to kind of be all over the place um, for what we had. Uh, Again, check out the picture in the post this week. Um, I'm going to go with, let's see here. All right. Uh, do you want to go three, two, one order or one, two, three, Jake? Yeah, let's go. Let's go three, two, one. All right. So my number three is going to be alter ego, triple A, triple R. What's, uh, what's yours? Third for me will probably be Left Brain. Okay. Left Brain was a sour IPA. That's a style that is so difficult to do well. It really is. I think that people people are just trying to capitalize on two of the biggest fads in craft beer at this point, which are sours and IPAs. Yeah. By putting them together, and it does not work. Har- it hardly ever works. 
This was probably the first one that I've had where I thought I could have more than one of these. Yeah, I've come up a lot against that style in just the general outlook, and it's not good. Like, it's too much of both, and it's not enough of either, you know? Yeah, that's, that's a great way to put it. Like, they don't... It, like neither flavor stands out and it's it's not like I want more sour or I want more IPA in it. I want it to be well balanced and this one really like hit the nail on the head, I thought. Yeah, it's just really solid and I'm not sure if they do that. No, actually, I think that's a, it, that's a collab, so that's probably a bad a bad one to put on my list cuz I I like to include things that everybody has access to or, or or potentially could have access to. But if they made uh, a sour IPA that was that good, I'd imagine they'll be able to make one again. So number two on your list. Number two, I am... So, sorry, I had something in my mouth. Um, Number two for me was... green um just because i haven't had it in so long and this is the first time that i've had it like guaranteed super fresh you know and it just made me really happy to to crack that and just enjoy it you know it really is such a huge difference when you have a fresh beer versus something that's been sitting around for two weeks or a month I mean, it depends on the beer, though, because, like, Sarah and I went to uh, Dancing Gnome yesterday, right? And uh, they still had HaHa on draft, and I had one. And I was like, man, this is way better than it was last week. So I don't know if, like, I mean, there's, there's so much that goes into these beers, and... Yeah, obviously everybody like everybody's can says drink fresh and make sure you're not, you know, aging it or whatever, but I don't know. I feel like there's there's so much that you can do that may not show exactly what the product is right out of the gate, right out of the gate, you know? That's true. I just think that there's no I I guess I disagree with you. I don't think that anything that I've had necessarily gets better. It might be just as good after like a month or a few weeks, but I really don't think other than like stuff that you're intentionally supposed to age, like stouts or especially barrel age stuff, right? I think that if you had Faded Farmer when they first put it in the barrel or when they first bottled it as opposed to when we had it, uh, you know, a year later basically – that it wouldn't it wouldn't have been nearly as good. Yeah. But yeah, I mean especially with places that are running these cans so much and they know that, you know, and not that the, not that any of these places are putting in like preservatives or anything. But, but I just I really think there's something to be said about like having a f- fresh can of treehouse versus not having that. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, I've had I've had people share beers in line and stuff like that, and and when it comes down to it, is you you don't know what you're getting, right? And I had a, um, I was really excited to try 
this double from El Segundo. I'm pretty sure we talked about this on the podcast. It was a double IPA from El Segundo out of Escondido, California, right? And I was like, oh, man, you never see them around here. Like, this is something cool. I can, you know, put a little, you know, mark in my bedpost type of thing. And the the bottle was a year old. It's a year old double IPA. Like, there's no reason for that. Why are you holding on to a double IPA that long? Right. And that's... That's my biggest argument against another thing that we've we've probably talked about maybe a little bit too much. But trading beers is just such a crapshoot. It know? is. Who knows? Who knows where these people are keeping them? Who knows like what kind of condition they're in or even how old they are. Like some people like you probably held on to stuff for a while in your fridge and you're like, oh shit, I still have this been months yeah and you know i'm sure people do that as well and if you look at like the craft beer industry on social media especially like just some of the people that will pop up on the on the podcast discover page it's like these people are buying so much beer and they have these fridges that are just full of them like unless you're giving it away there is no reason for you or like you and your significant other to just be holding on to all of this beer. And if you think that like that's that you showing me all of that is like, Oh my God, I really need to trade with this guy. That makes me want to trade with you much less. Exactly. Because how, how do I know when the last time you had it is? And, and a lot of these places will make, you know, the, the same thing and they can it over and over again. Right. It's like if you, if you had spy dolphin from dancing gnome, a right. few months ago, and they're gonna they'll bring it back in a in a few months. How do you know when you're trading with somebody for some spy dolphin if you got the the most current release? And I've never really been in. I've I've never gotten into it or like even searched online for people who are like trading beer because it's not to me. It's not really that worth it because you can get in a lot of cases you can get a beer that's just as good at your local place. Right, you know, unless it's like your your Moby Dick, and you're like, wow, I I need to have this beer. Well, but these guys are like, like Pokemon trainers, right? They're like, I got to catch them all. And there's no way that you're going to have every single possible variation of green or very green or, you know, whatever. But, right, and I don't even think that that – what does that get you at this point? You know, I, I've – we talked about it a little bit on Thanksgiving about how I'm just not really even that into untapped anymore, right? Like I keep – I sort of keep track and like – I might I might do like twenty five percent of the beers that I drink anymore on Untapped. You know, it's like if somebody's like, "Oh, I've had this," I'm not like, "Oh man, holy shit, look at this guy, he's so cool." It's like awesome. You like probably went out of your way. You probably had like a shitty can that's like six months old just so you could have like Pliny the Elder because you don't want to go out west, right? It's like why not just make a beer trip out there? And have all this stuff fresh from the source. Yeah. And I think that that's so much more valuable than, and like having that experience too, than just like, oh, I really need this can of beer. And there are places like, what is it, Tavor or Tavor that you can like get specialty stuff online and they can ship it to you and all this garbage. Like, go, go down the street, have a beer from your local place. Like, it might not be as good, but like just support the people who are around you. 
Yeah, and there's not really like a there's the secondary market for beer has gotten so out of control. Um, I mean, not to say like pricing, you do whatever the hell you want with your beer. I don't care, honestly. Like if you want to charge uh, $10 over what you paid for it because you shipped it home in a uh, glass case from FedEx or something like that, then fine. Charge whatever. But don't don't make like a 200% markup on something that you spent $5 on. Like you want to you want to make somebody pay $60 for a four pack that you paid $20 for? That's fucking insane. Like and I really wish people wouldn't buy it. But the problem is you have people like um, Vale, right? The Vale had their Dark Days release. People were lining up at 2 p.m. on Thanksgiving damn day for that beer. Not worth it. Not worth it to me. Sorry. Just not. Again, it. what does it get you? I've never, like, half of the country has never heard of that. Right. And, and, and if you think about the people who are like really into craft beer, you know, it's still it's still a very small percentage of like the overall population who are really into it, who would really understand what that actually means. Right. Or like to say that you've had Pliny the Younger. Right. That might be one, that might be one beer that I would say if somebody's had that, I would like be like pretty interested to hear what they had to say about it or like, what was it like when you went there? Yeah. You yeah. Know, no, I, I, I wholly know, heartedly I agree. Follow, There's no, follow the veil enough. I don't follow these places. Like, like Russian river has been around for like decades at this point. And they're like, they like truly are like one of the OGs when it comes to craft beer. And to me, that's more interesting than saying like, Oh, I went to, you know, no. And this is nothing against, who farted or Aslan, but it's like, oh, I went to Aslan, I got this like special release, or like I went to uh what's the what's the place uh in Meadville? Voodoo. Voodoo. Like I oh I had this this like bottle from Voodoo. Like if you're not from Pittsburgh, like no one knows what that is. That's where you're wrong. I, I I'm just gonna say it. I don't think that you're right there. Okay, uh, I would say that the majority of the people who follow the craft beer industry are not following voodoo. I think I think they're bigger than you put on. Honestly, like I, I feel like you're you're underselling it there. I mean, those guys did a let's, collaboration let's with McKellar for Christ's sake. Like, let's go that's, to the tape. Huh? Voodoo. We're going, I'm going to the tape. Fifteen k. Like, not that many people. Trillium and Treehouse have ten times that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but so right? does freaking. Uh... Oh, who is it? I totally blanked. Never mind. But I know, like, Voodoo is in the conversation with some of the best beer on the on the planet. Like, that's not their barrel room collection is some of the most sought after booze on the face of the earth. Like that's just hands down what it is. Like if I, I have those two black magic of the sun or not black magic, uh, the, uh, I'm just, never mind. I'm going to just skip over that. Cause I totally forget what the, yeah, black magic. I'm pretty sure. 
And I could probably turn those easily for what I paid for all eight bottles when I got the BRC a couple months ago. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just indigestion real bad there. Uh, okay, so let's get back to the, the beers we drank because you have to give your number two. Uh, number two for me is going to be... This is a tough one. I hate to do it, but uh, uh, Alter Ego with three A's and three R's when we discussed it, but it's just... Ah, it's such a good beer. And I, I love getting those like specialty ones that you don't really see a whole lot, you know? Yeah. It's, um... It we, don't have to waste, me, we don't have to waste a whole lot of time on it. We already talked about it a lot. It, it always... It, it gives me a, a nice tingly feeling inside when I see something like that. Um... Just a damn good beer. I'm glad that I have access to it. Yeah, I'm really happy that I got to try it. And number one. Number one, Gravitas from Night Shift. Very interesting pick. I liked that beer. I would probably put it in the top five. I mean, we, you know, we went through this picture is what, only it's what, eleven deep. And then we we had some I feel like we had other stuff too, didn't we? I don't know. Yeah, we, well, we, we were we were drinking um, that lounge out, right? Oh yeah, that's good stuff too. That stuff had such um, a weird aftertaste, but no, I I was I was kind I kind of liked it though. It was just it was different enough from a lot of the other stuff that I've had from them, and also just in general, like no one really makes a that kind of beer. Yeah, hardly anybody makes loggers anymore in general um so I'll, I'll go ahead and uh give my number one which was the faded farmer nectarine um just so fucking good god yeah and i have i've had a few of their other ones too the faded farmer series and they're not all fantastic but that one is like almost i don't know it's Definitely the best that I've had, and like probably by far the best that I've had. Maybe the best sour that they made that I've had, that they make that I've had. Um, and and some of the seesaws that we had were were pretty up there as well. But, Excellent um, beers, yeah. Just yeah, we had. I mean, we had a couple of dancing gnomes in there. The other half collab with dancing gnome, which other half is another pretty big player in in the Northeast. Um, yeah. Honorable mention to good. out of darkness. That one was probably my like tied for number three, but I didn't want to say yeah. it cause it's a collab and you know, whatever, but that um, one, it was a great light drinking, but still like heavy hitting Imperial Porter. Yeah. Very good. And, and that's a, that's a style you never see Imperial no. Porter, like even porters in general. I well, love porters. That's like those. That's sort of how I got into craft beer. Was we, you know, and we made it a couple. We made a porter a couple times, and I thought it's it's a fairly simple style to do. Like we, I mean, we made it doing our own homebrew setup, and it was never like that good. But it was definitely way better than the IPAs that we tried making. Yeah, the IPAs were definitely a lot tougher style. But with that said, though, I think that it's I, I you hardly ever see a good porter 
Or like when I, you know, when I started getting into craft beer, I was drinking like the, uh, what's, who makes the series of like, uh, the George Washington Porter and, uh, Oh, that's Yards. Yards. Uh, and are they, they're big beer, right? Mm, that's a good question. Or they might, they might still be craft. We'll, uh, we'll look that up and we'll cut that if they are. Um, no, I just don't know. Honestly, I, I, I would think that they're but not. That's, that's one of the beers that I, sort of got me into just beer in general. I don't know if, regardless of if they're, they're small or big beer, I think that that's just a solid. That's something that I, I would go to a beer distributor or a liquor store and like actually look for if I couldn't find anything else that I wanted. Yeah, it's anything a good, that was like crafty. Decent but, drink. You know, we had that that order from Treehouse, but I, you know, I don't think that I've seen anything really close to resembling a porter in Pittsburgh or anywhere else. I don't think Dancing Gnomes ever made one. I don't think that Grist House has ever made one. Wait, what? Really? <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, Hitchhiker makes the shakes, which is their porter series. They do double and triple shakes. Um, okay. Grist House does... Uh, do they make a porter? Yeah, they make a porter for sure. It's like Grizzly or Grizzly Grizzly Bear or whatever. No, that's a brown ale. No, no. Okay, then I'm not thinking that one. Because they do the the black in the USSR is their Imperial Stout. Yeah. And then there's, oh, God, they do a porter, and I can't think of the name of it. All right, that's it. We're going to the tap. Untap. Anyway, but I'm drinking um, a... Uh, I'm drinking a double chocolate milk stout right now, and it's pretty damn good. Double chocolate milk stout. I'm not actually drinking anything because I am. Uh, I'm going to stick to my cleanse for the next at least four or five days. Um, so I did go to Eddie's house on Saturday. I had Skadoosh, which is uh, an IPA from... The one, the only alchemist, which was pretty good. I wasn't like crazy about it. I mean, I was sort of in my mind comparing it to what I remember Heady Topper tasting like, and it's not quite as good. Um, But I also had Black Metal while I was there, the black variant of metal, which is made by Trillium, and that was great. Another style you don't see a ton is the Cascadian Dark Ale, a.k.a. the Black IPA. Yes. Um, A style that's very interesting and I think also very difficult to do well. Um, But if it is done well, which I think Black Metal was, uh, I can definitely pound pound a few of those pretty easily. Yeah, that's something... Um, um... I liked I liked the black metal a lot. Like it it's ha- it just had such a robust flavor. Like there was so much going on, but it was all very like easy to pick out what was what and not feel like you were just chugging like you know smoked wheat or smoked grains and just you know burying the hops in it. It was still hoppy. Yeah. That's that's the biggest fault i think in a lot of black ipas is it's just like oh this just tastes like a watered down stout 
Yes. With no real hop flavor. It's you have to have that balance or else it doesn't work. So anyway, we're uh that's pretty much that's pretty much how uh, how it went. We uh we played some drinking games for uh Thanksgiving, which was pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't <laughs> usually recommend doing drinking games with uh 8% double IPAs. Ambium Gatherum is a porter from Grist House. Uh, I don't know. I've they don't do that consistently though, do they? It's fairly consistently. I don't know. It must have been not quite as great as I wanted it to be, and that's probably why I don't remember it. But maybe they'll have it next time I'm in town. That's a place that I haven't been in a while, and I really need some hazelnut juice grenade back in my life. Oh, that's such a good beer. I will say those guys are the nicest people. Um, as much as we bash them a little bit here and there, um, Brian always makes a point to say like, say hi to me whenever I'm there, or you know, like he just a just a genuine nice dude, and he always recognizes me, which I find to be really weird. But <laughs> just because yeah, we've only had a couple really of interactions, that much. That's, it's one thing to get noticed at a place that you go to all the time, but you know, you're maybe there twice a month, if that. Yeah. Right. I haven't been there in, geez, maybe a, maybe not quite a year. Because I remember we went last Christmas season with Eddie, I think. But yeah, I mean, other than uh, other than the the fun and the debauchery of Thanksgiving, um, not a ton going on. I don't know. I mean, I had some. I had some big beer when I went out just because I don't like spending more than like $10 on mediocre craft beer. Yeah, I um I did go to Dancing Gnome on Wednesday for the Cranberry release, underscore Cranberry, which was phenomenal, by the way. Um, it was very good. Um, not, not the best that they've made in that series, but um, definitely recognizable as far as flavor went. Yes. Because you know? some of them I feel like you kind of just say like, oh, I don't know, it's some kind of fruit beer, but I don't know what it is. You're doing a blind taste test with that. It's unmistakable. Which cranberry, it, it, the flavor itself is not really that hard to pick out, but I think they did it well. It wasn't like overpoweringly sour either, which for cranberries – that's like pretty much their, what they are. If you ever had like a just a cranberry, yeah, yeah, they are very really very that. sour, um, or tart anyway. Not really sour, right? Yeah, yeah, right. But right. they they like make your mouth pucker when you eat them. Yeah, but they were also sold out of that beer in two hours, and the drafts kicked later that night. I'm pretty sure, but. It was a crazy weekend. Um, I did crack a bottle of the Bourbon County barley wine on Saturday night amongst a couple of friends playing cards. And that one was like drinking syrup. I mean, there was a whole lot of body to it. And it was straight like just booze taste. So, I mean, I enjoyed it, but it was one of those like I didn't need a whole bottle of it. And that's why I split it with three of my close friends. 
was to really just cut it down. What was the year? Uh, it was a 2016. Uh, so it's like, <sighs> it was a 13.7%, um, 16 and a half ounce bomber. Um, really excited that I have the uh, BCBS from that year though, because if the characteristics of it, like, Again, I'm not real big into big beer, and I like the BCBS series is so frustrating because it's done so well that I don't really hate buying it, but you overpay for it for sure. Um, there's a couple of places around here that have it on tap. Uh, right hey, now, man, good beer is good beer is good beer. Yeah, you know, regardless of who who makes it. So we're um. Shut up, Siri, you dick. Um, <laughs> we're uh, we're coming up on the uh, the end of the podcast here. Uh, Jake and I are holding the fort down just to keep it consistently going for the full year or however long we're going to do this. <laughs> um, there's a lot of holiday stuff coming up. Um, I don't. I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot of like Christmas beer releases and stuff like that. We'll have, we'll have to get uh, everybody together and do some Christmas beer tasting in the next week or two. Um, if you listened last week, we did talk about that book that Shane mentioned. Um, the book is called Food and Beer. It is by. Oh shoot. I'm going to murder this name. It's Daniel Burns and uh, Jeppy. Uh, I don't know. I'm, he's Danish. I can't pronounce it. So it's J-E-P-P-E. <laughs> and we'll, uh, we'll put a link. We'll throw a link in the uh, podcast description. Yeah. It's in stock from Amazon. It's half off right now. So if you're interested in... Um, food and beer pairings or cooking with beer is really what it comes down to. It's a, it's a cookbook, but they apparently go into a lot of different, uh, a lot of different things about, did the dog just shit? Nope. Okay. Sorry. I might actually cut that one out. Uh, so it, yeah, it's it's food and beer pairings, um, but it's also like cooking with food or cooking with beer, right? Because you generally cook with food. Uh, Wait, you sure about that? I mean, I would say generally, at least, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna we'll pose that question on uh, uh, on our Twitter account to see what you guys think. Uh, do you cook with food or do you not? <laughs> uh, Check out our Twitter poll this week. <laughs> Um, and it's, it's, it's a trick question. Honestly, I think if you, if you really get into, uh, the inner workings of that question, uh, it could take you a while to answer that. Um, yeah. So, uh, my, my training in Denver got canceled, unfortunately. Um, I will no, no longer be going out there. Um, but I, like I said before, I will have access to some different breweries coming up in the next several weeks. Yes, you will. Potentially months. Uh, once I know, actually, we'll probably we'll probably just wait until that move is made 
to when we make that announcement. Um, but that's also very exciting. We, we're going to have, at least I'm going to have some access to some different stuff that I can drink on the podcast. Um, and it'll be nice because when we do the podcast, I'll be able to do it a little bit earlier on my time. And oh yeah, I'll be able to I'll be able to drink a little bit. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much all I have. Uh, pretty boring. Uh, There's a lot of me just bullshitting about driving back from the places that I've been before. Um, I think next week we really need to get back into the brewery of the week. Yeah, yeah, and I would say definitely. Um, uh, there's a, there's a ton of op- there's a lot of good options because there's a lot of big name craft places that have started distributing and thanks to Steel City for bringing in a bunch of those into Pittsburgh. Yes. Um, so we'll we'll find some good stuff. Uh, I sort of need to to expand my horizons when it comes to some of the beers that are not coming from the smaller places that we typically go to and the ones that are available to a lot of different people. But, um, that's pretty much all I got. Anything else from you, Nick? Um, shout out to Enix Brewing and Homestead for following us this week. Um, they tagged us in a post or something too, but, uh, still haven't been there. I do want to check them out. They are doing a lot of cool stuff. They have a bowling alley. That's like a part of their brewery. It looks like a really cool spot. Um, I'm just not down in that side of town very often, so might need to take a trek out there. Um, there's uh, several things going on around the holidays at Couch. I'm sure they're going to do some cool bingo stuff. They're going to have uh, they have uh, movie night on Thursday where they're playing The Fifth Element, um, which is one of my favorite like goofy sci-fi movies, and. Uh, Bruce Willis is in it, so you can't really go wrong with Bruce Will- Bruce Willis. So, um, other than that, there's a bunch of cool releases coming up. I am going to be getting uh, my hands on some bottles and cans from Sean this week at some point. Um, trying to work through this treehouse and Trillium Hall that Jake brought back. Night Shift is a big part of that one as well. Um, just want to say thanks for, for hanging out with us through this week as well. Uh, again, to all of our listeners, um, if you guys have any questions for us or if you want to come on, like I said, we're more than welcome, more than happy to share some beers with you, um, talk about whatever, just BS the night away, right? But uh, I'll look to have this up do. either Tuesday or Wednesday uh, this week since we recorded tonight, which is Monday night. Um. Hopefully it'll be up soon here. Uh, check out Steel City Beer Wholesalers for your all your craft beer needs in Pittsburgh. Steel City Beer Wholesalers. Uh, who else do I have to plug? Anybody else? Anybody else? No, that's pretty much it. All uh, right. I want to say what's up to my girlfriend, Kat, and that's about it. Have a great week, everybody. Cheers. <laughs>